Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the football podcast and the season is drawing to a close so there's uh, some business to get, take care of by season long predictions and we've got playoff football to discuss and that I'm afraid is about it. Still, still a good old podcast, still a jam packed one but yes we are heading to the end now. Before we get into the football, if you've got a, if you've got a moment, spare a couple of minutes, please consider like, share, subscribe, comment, and if you've really got a spare bit of time, you could uh, you could drop us a review. Uh, it means a lot to us. It helps the podcast, and uh, we do appreciate it. Right, so here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Uh, it is being recorded. <laughs> Paul, quickly, it's you. It, it's, uh, it's still going to take a bit of time to uh, get used to that little uh, extra on the start of the podcast, but welcome along, everybody. It's your, I'd say, a weekly dose of football-based nonsense, but we're, uh, we're at the end of the season, so for one of the last times... It is your weekly dose of football, uh, football nonsense. So flavored with the northeast, east coast, east midlands flavorings, uh, as they were. So we'll uh, we'll open up for the final time with last week's results, which just happened to be the last day of the season. Okay, now, is there any way I can convince you to talk about the Middlesbrough game first? Uh, I thought we had the genuine mercy rule that was implemented for the... uh, Oh, so you don't have to talk about it at all? Go on then, we can discuss the Borough game first. No, uh, no. The only reason I ask is because I'm being an absolute shit about it. So, um, <laughs> so you <laughs> you might need to cast your mind back to last week for something. Uh, so, Hull City in a podcast derby went up against Nottingham Forest. Um, there was there was a alleged toes in the sand with uh, fruity drinks from one of these teams so as it's a podcast derby are we going to flip a coin to find out who's giving the results or is this like uh one of you does one of you does the score and the other does the goal scorers or you or you just give us the details interesting and then these two just sort of like fight it out amongst themselves to sort of see who gets to speak first. Okay. I don't know. Maybe do we do like the duties? Somebody want to give the because there are controversy around the goal scorer for one of them as well. Seeing as it was announced as two different goal scorers on two different pods. No, nah, I don't think there's any controversy over the goal scorers. 
Certainly not according to my book, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we, what goes in the book is final after all, so, you know, there is that. So, apparently, Dortmund's got every goal this season for every team, so it's now because Andy's written in the book. <laughs> okay, Matt, do you, do you want any of it? I'll let you have the honours, being as your team is the home team. And you scored last. I think that's that's the way we should do it okay, next time. So. The team that scores last gets to gets to give the result. Well, as it happens, home team scores last. So it was, it was Hull one, Nottingham Forest one. Um, apparently, nothing happened really for the entire game. And then in the ninety fifth minute. Johnson, Brennan Johnson scored a penalty and just a minute later Hull equalised now the official championship EFL on quest thing had it down as a Louis Coyle goal Scott's had it as a, a Keyless Potter apparently, apparently glanced shoelace on the way past so it's still I checked it again today and it's still on there as Keen Lewis Potter, so I assume that we have to go KLP Hull's equaliser. Oh, oh, we definitely need to go with that, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely need to go with that. So, what does that do to the scores, I hear you ask? Well, for a rule that we will definitely be having to uh, assess next year, Paul, you got a point because you predicted... A nil-nil draw. Why is that up for debate? It's, I don't understand why that's up for debate. It, why that's not a point? It, 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 in my in my day, it would have been classed as shithousery. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> why? That's a, that's the point. Especially in football, a nil-nil is a perfectly legitimate result to guess. Uh... And for ninety, and if, if we take the ninety-minute rule. Technically, I would have been correct. <laughs> There's a lot of rules being thrown <laughs> around can, here. There's we can discuss of... that later on in the podcast because that I forgot about that the other day. We will we will allow it. Let's put it that way. Next season, who knows what rules will be thrown? And we're going to have to write a rule book, which can be bought call from it, the uh, cookie we'll call it the cat rule. The cat rule. Nil-nil draw. Um, Stu, you uh, you did your usual, went against your own team, had uh, Forrest winning. No points there, but having Johnson down to score the goal, points in the bag. But, but by, Paul's, by, by Paul's theory there, we only count the first hour of many minutes we want to count though it's count up to the 93rd minute for me this time that, that's that, that's right isn't it that's what suits <laughs> um, a, a rather interesting one Matt you also predicted a draw um, so you got a point there you go so, so you predicted four goal scorers None of them. And didn't get a single one. 
I also predicted a draw. It, it was it was the one the one one so that was two points and uh, Lewis Potter and, uh, and and Johnson so that's a clean sweep for anybody who's keeping track four points. I, sat, I was I sat there on on Saturday and as the goal as as the Forest goal went and I was like, well someone definitely picked him because he gets picked every week and then when he, when they gave it to Lewis Potter I was like. That rings a bell. That really rings a bell. I'm sure someone might have a clean sweep, but then I didn't have the the cojones to to put on the, the on the on the messenger thing. Is that another clean sweep this week? So I had to tri- I had to triple check the the score the scorers and the date because I was like, have I got the wrong date here? Is this just like one of those weird where like the the Website hasn't updated because I have it. I have it on the iPad, and it. I have to physically tell it to update because it's just like it's you know, last Wednesday when you updated the book. It's like no, it isn't. Just refresh. Come on. Um, it was in fact a clean sweep there for myself. Four points. Preston North End versus. Middlesbrough. I, I've I've had so much like internal turmoil with this game, um, and eventually I had to send a text message um, to our collective group to ask a question, and I wasn't sure how to phrase it, so I just had to go with like you know, Paul. Well, what 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 can you say, really? This was, as discussed on the podcast last week, this was an absolute must-win for Borough. But as it turned out, the result of this wouldn't have mattered anyway, as both Sheffield United and Luton Town won their respective games. So even with a win, Borough would have fallen short of the playoffs. So in that scenario, what's not to love about a nice, thumping 4-1 home win for the Preston team in front of... Let's just have a look, shall we? No, don't have the... uh, Don't have the... The attendance to hand. Um, But all I can remember was that there were 5,000 Middlesbrough fans in attendance... And the entirety of the, the the away stand was pretty much a sea of red. Um, but yes, the uh, the game started pretty uh, pretty innocuously, and, and, and up until about the twentieth minute, it was it was all going it was all going smoothly. Then Alan Brown opened the scoring for Preston. Uh, a second goal was added on thirty five minutes by the own boot of Dale Fry. I. Uh, whilst whilst uh, in in London, enjoying strange enough a nice meal in the Borough Market, um, was uh, was horrified to open my phone to see that apparently it was three nil at that time, but they just got the goal scorer wrong, so sent it through again, but thought it was a third goal. Um, but it was only two. We're going to half time with Preston two nil. Uh, Middlesbrough get a goal back in the forty eighth minute from Marcus Tavernier. Obviously, the goals had been widened at Preston North End for the last game of the season. Um, comebacks on. 
Nah, we'll we'll just we'll just extinguish that flame with an Emil Reese Jakobsen strike on the fifty third minute. Uh, Paddy McNair then decided the best way to uh, end this season would be to get a straight red card in the seventy third minute, and then Emil Reese Jakobsen stuck away the penalty to put the icing on top of the cake and complete a four one Preston win. So, um, everybody had had Borough down to win this, so no no points to be had score-wise. The only people who managed to take any points out of this, Paul, you correctly predicted Tavernier to score, and Matt, you correctly predicted Jakobsen to score. That is where the scoring ends. Um... Stu bringing up the rear with one point for the week, a draw for second with Paul and Matt having two points, and my clean sweep was enough to set me in good stead for the week, winning the week with four. Seeing as seeing as Paul took the time, then uh, I mean the YouTube viewers may have seen him pointing and laughing as you announced I was last. Um, I would just like to remind him that our very first game of the season, having just come up from League One, was away at Preston, and Hull won that game four-one. So you know there is there's symmetry in that scoreline. So. Yeah, yeah, we can all say this: it's only the best teams beat Blackpool at home. Blah blah blah, etc. etc. Yeah. There was only two teams that uh, there was only two teams that took six points off the borough this season. Preston and Hull. So, end end of the season flavour. Where do we go to now? Well, obviously, usually we'd, we'd dive straight into the. Um, the predictions for next week but as it is a playoff week I feel we should leave that till the end and we'll just go through some of our season long picks that we made way back when I believe in early July no it would have been late July or early August actually so I feel real confident I just want it out there I feel real confident about this I'm oh you sure, should I'm sure I'll have done really well Grabham, Grabham got those 60 goals, I'm sure. Of course. So, we started off with the new boys to the division in Hull City. Um, we each, so, each of us, from a personal perspective, gave a player to watch for our own personal team. Stu's player to watch for Hull was Ryan Longman. I'd say that's a pretty good pick. They ended up turning his loan spell into a permanent deal in January, so he is now there for the foreseeable future, until he obviously gets bought by someone else this summer. Um, <laughs> so, predictions-wise, for the finish in the league, Stu was the most optimistic and went for a 15th place finish. Matt went for a 16th place finish. Andy went 18th, and I was the least optimistic of the bunch, and I went for a 20th placed finish. Hull actually finished 19th, so very much split mine and Andy's difference, if you will. 
So me and Andy probably take the point there if we're, t- if we're doing points, as we were one place either side. Matt was three places out, Stu was four. Top scorers for the club, uh, Matt went with Josh McGuinness, who scored two goals before he was sold to Wigan. Uh, I don't know if that was was that in before the was that even before the summer transfer window ended. No, it was in. Or was it in January? It was in January because he 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 played a little bit, scored a couple, didn't play an awful lot. Like he, he didn't know what was going on with the, tra- the um, takeover and the rest of it, so he he basically just bolted when given the opportunity, which you can't really blame him, I guess, at the time, but. Like, part of me wonders how much if you know would he wanted to have stuck around now. I tried. To, I was trying to just save myself there by seeing how many goals he'd scored for Wigan and just the three, so it didn't really make that much of a difference. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll stick his. I'll stick his three for Wigan in the book for you as well, just just to sort of make you feel a bit better. I was like, oh, maybe maybe he scored some for Wigan as well. Nope. No. 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 No, it was an it was another ex whole body, I think, who scored the, uh, the the goals this season for Wigan in Will Key. Yeah, twenty six. Uh, so, Josh McGuinness, two goals for Matt. For both Stu and Andy, they picked Malik Wilkes to repeat as the top scorer. There was a knowledgeable soul in the group, though. Picking Keen Lewis Potter. To be the top scorer for Hull City was myself, and indeed, Hull's top scorer, one of two ever-present players for the club, was Mr Keane Lewis Potter with 12 goals. Now, quick quiz question for Stu, can you tell me the other ever-present player who played all 46 league games outside of Keane Lewis Potter? I'm trying to think who's not been injured. Was it potentially another podcast favourite by any chance? Was it Mr. George Honey? No. Um. Well, it wasn't Tom Eaves. <laughs> podcast favourite Tom Eaves. Likely to be somebody in the defence, then I'd say. I think it is a centre half. No. I... Oh, is it Greaves? Was it Mr. Greaves? Jacob Greaves was the other ever present player for Hull City. Uh, so there you go. I'd say that's uh, that's a pretty good. I'd, I'd say it's a pretty decent prediction from the position perspective. We were all within four places. I'd say that's pretty decent. Um, and uh, the player to watch. Obviously, ended up staying at the club, and I'd, I'd, I'd say he was one of the better players for the season, Ryan Longman. So, pretty good. We move on to Nottingham Forest. Um, position finish. This is where it gets interesting. So, most optimistic, Andrew Cook. Ninth position. Then the next most optimistic person. Paul Williams, 10th 
position. Joint, least optimistic, Stuart Woodmansey and Matthew Moore, Forest fan, no less, with joint 12th place predictions. So obviously, with, with Forest finishing in fourth and fully ensconced in the middle of the playoff run, they were both eight places out with their predictions. I was out by six places, and Andy takes the win on that one, being out by five places. I would have looked like a genius, well, not a genius, seven games in. I mean, like, oh, that would have been optimistic. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I love it. Take it, we'll take it now. Exactly. Right. Top goal scorer. Not an awful lot of difference on this one, as at the time... It was it was pretty obvious. The previous top scorer from the previous season was Lewis Grabber with six. Three people predicted Lewis Grabber to be the top goal scorer this season. That was Matt, Stu and Andy. He did get 12 goals. He wasn't the top goal scorer. It's all right, though. Because Paul Williams' prediction... Of Lyle Taylor with three goals oh. this season. Absolutely spectacular, ladies and gentlemen. The actual top goal scorer for another from us with 16 was Matthew Moore's player to watch for the season of Brennan Johnson. Well done, Mr. Moore. Um, the Forrest didn't have an ever-present player this season. The closest, Matt... Do you have any idea on this one? He did play all 46 games, but two of them came as a sub. Joe Worrell would be my... I think I checked, and he only played 45 games. He didn't miss one. Is he your mate? No, there's absolutely no way Ryan Yates goes through a season without at least one suspension. Come on. Not your boy from middle from uh, Middlesbrough via uh, uh, not Spence, no. Or well, maybe Brennan Johnson actually. It is indeed Brennan Johnson. He played all forty six games, two of which came as a sub, so he would have missed minutes from that perspective. Oh, yeah, also um, the weekend. The weekend will uh, it was one of the games that he didn't start. Did he come on? Aha, uh-huh, yeah. Ah, I see. Interesting. So again, we weren't we weren't really at the race with the position. Obviously, we were. Coming off, coming off and finishing 17th in the championship season before, uh, we didn't beat the top scorer. But obviously, Matt's player to player to watch, Brennan Johnson, was an absolute stellar pick. So pretty good going on that one. Um, so we've just got Middlesbrough to finish off. Um, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave my position finish till the end. Um, least optimistic again was Stu and Matt paired off with each other and they both had Borough to finish ninth. Um, most optimistic was actually Andrew who had them to finish sixth Ooh. and sneak into the playoffs. Someone knew though, someone, he, he knew his team and predicting the team to finish seventh in the division where they indeed finished, Paul Williams. Well done, sir. Well done to you. Um, we, we then we then come on quietly. to the, the sad. Uh, I'm horn being good. <laughs> we come on to the sad predictions of the top scorer. However, um, both myself and Stu 
went for the new summer signing centre-forward of Uche Ikpiatsu. He scored two goals before he was unceremoniously binned off to Cardiff by the new manager. Um, Andy picked the same uh, the same player who got who was top scorer last season in Duncan Watmore, who got seven goals for the season, so not a terrible return. Um, Matt technically picked Tuba Akpom, but on the uh, on the on the predictions podcast, I believe we did say he was more than likely going to get sold slash loaned out, which he did in the end. He went back to PAOK Salonica. So we allowed Matt to have his replacement, which technically was Andras Sporar, who got eight goals for the season. However, the top goal scorer for the Borough was indeed a new signing, but it was Matt Crooks, a bit of a podcast favourite from a goals perspective. He ended the season with ten goals. Now, again, there was no ever-present players for Borough. The closest, does anyone want to have a, a guess on this one? I bet it's difficult because with the chopping and changing of managers and stuff like that, your keeper, the goalkeeper. No, the goalkeeper changed. He got dropped twice by different by different managers because he was a bit hazard. He was a bit ha- er- error prone. Tavernier. Tavernier was up there. I think he played forty four. The barn door botherer. Is it going to be somebody like Housen? Johnny Captain Fantastic Housen played 45 games, one of which as a sub. Now, obviously, the thing that obviously everyone's waiting to hear, who did Paul tip up as the player to watch? I mean, I'm amazed that, I'm amazed that you're not just all clamouring to say, can you give us some more tips for next season, Mr Williams? Because, obviously, this guy, is, he must be tearing it up in the Premier League or La Liga or something like that because he's not on the borough anymore. So, come on down, Marcus Brown. That's correct, isn't it? I mean, uh, don't, don't adjust your sets. There, there is not technical difficulties. The, the crickets you heard there uh, were because... After Paul tipped up Marcus Brown to uh, to be the one to watch the season for Borough, I don't think he played a single minute before he was released from his contract to <laughs> join Oxford uh, Oxford United. So, yeah, pretty good going. We do have season-long predictions of. Championship winner, runners-up and playoff winner and the three teams to be relegated along with the top goal scorer for the league. But I think you might have to just wait just a, just a <clears throat> smidge yeah, of was, time before we find out that information, ladies and gentlemen. I was, thinking, Over to you, I was thinking the same. We will take a small commercial break and we will be back to find out uh, how well or slash poorly we predicted the season-long predictions. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. And just like that, they were back. I don't think you'll get a second one. He's had to switch switch uh, contraptions. Lloyd, it's what we live for. It's, it's, it's what we all need to hear. 
to like you know to feel alive. So we'd left off with just a few predictions for the season to go through. So, like I said, at the start of the season, we each picked the team we thought we were going to win the league, the team to finish runners-up, and the team to finish in the playoffs and win the playoffs. We each picked three teams that we thought were going to get relegated, and we picked a top goal scorer for the whole division. So, championship winner, Matthew Moore, picked... Fulham. West, Bromwich, Albion. Ah, ah. Fair enough. Wrong. Zero points. Stuart Woodmansey picked Sheffield United. Question mark. We'll come to them in a minute. Andrew and Paul Williams picked Fulham. One point. Runners-up in the Championship, Paul and Andrew picked West, Bromwich, Albion. No points. Joe Womersey picked Swansea City. No no points. I mean, can we wind this back? Was that clearly smoking something that week? Or like... <laughs> I mean, I, I think it... I think I, I think there's an argument to be made that that was the case. Yes, I'd just like to clear up that I, I don't use that stuff. So maybe it was just a general head injury. Who knows? Who knows? Let's uh, let's let's watch back the season predictions podcast and see in what state your brain was looking. Redeeming himself from his West Brom to win the league pick. Matt did have Fulham as runners-up, so I've given him half a point for that particular pick. Now, teams to win the playoffs, both myself, Stu and Matt all went Bournemouth. So technically I've given us each half a point for that. Andrew Cook has picked... Sheffield United, which could make his predictions to come very interesting, to say the least. I just want to say, whichever one of you gave me that prediction to use as my own, (laughs) thank you. It is amazing. You may notice there that uh, at no point has uh, anyone from (laughs) from the podcast picked Middlesbrough, Hull, or Nottingham Forest in the top six. We'll come back in the, in, the, in the previous part. <laughs> yeah. So, the three relegated clubs. Both myself, Stu and Matt all picked everyone's favourite sheep botherers themselves, Derby County. One point. Stu, Matt and Andy all picked Peterborough United. One point. That's sadly where the points end, lads. Uh, Stu, Matt and Andy all also picked Blackpool. Who definitely stayed up. Me and Andy probably need to get minus points for this as we picked Huddersfield to be relegated. They ended up finishing 
third in the entire league. <laughs> uh, I also picked Bristol City as one of my three to go down, and they almost certainly did not get relegated. The third team to go down was actually Barnsley, who had finished fifth the season before. So, I mean, that has to go down as a bit of a bit of a nightmare situation for Barnsley. Um, so both Stu and Matt got two of the three teams correct there, so well done, boys. Uh, myself and Andy took one each. Now, is is the is the creme de la creme, the pick that everyone's waiting for? Who did everyone pick to be the league's top scorer? We'll dive in with Matt's pick. Oh, Can he remember what he picked? Adam Armstrong and Adam Armstrong finished the season on zero goals in the championship. Because he left he was, the end of the Maybe as he was yeah. sold to a Premier League side. Um, so he did He did get two goals in the Premier League for Southampton. So, I mean, it's still not great, but, you know. He had scored twenty plus. He had scored twenty plus the season before for Blackburn, so you can understand why the pick was made. Stew, not entirely sure how he's come to this conclusion, as he didn't have West Brom anywhere in his picks to go up, but he did pick Callum Robinson to be the top goal scorer in the league. I'd look at the stats, and he got seven. So. More than Adam Armstrong. Seven better than Adam Armstrong, absolutely, if you want to look at that. <laughs> Hi. Again, don't know what I was thinking. I went for Kiefer Moore to be the top goal scorer in the division. He did get nine goals. Five when he was at Cardiff. And four. Which I didn't realise he only played four games for Bournemouth. And he scored... A goal a game for them, which is pretty yeah. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, sadly, I was incorrect with my pick of Kiefer Moore on nine goals. Um, I don't really know how to pronounce this guy that Andrews said. It seems to some guy called Alexander Mitrovic. So, so I couldn't remember any of the predictions for anything. But when you kept saying about like the season long, I was like, I think I know who I picked for this. I, I think I heard at some point he might have scored a goal or two. 42? A goal or 43? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so absolutely obliterating the championship goal scoring record by at least eight or so. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what the previous record was. I thought didn't I, th- I don't know isn't it a little bit closer than that because I was surprised that that his because I think he scored and like oh yeah he's got the record on his own now and I was like Jesus Christ I'm I, I'm pretty sure um I'll, I'll check because I think he he was he was close to the record with about something like ten games still to go and it was. I think people were under the impression that it was it was going to be pretty impro- impossible for him to not beat the record. It was just a case of, could he get to a point where he'd basically get a goal a game? And he ended up finishing three short of a goal a game. So, I mean, he's, he's absolutely torn the league to shreds, let's be honest. So, the, the opening bit I've just found says, it took him until the final game of, a, of the 46, 
But last season, Brentford's Ivan Tony set a new record for the most goals scored in a single championship season with 31. With 14 games to play, Alexander Mitrovic broke it. <laughs> that was it. The record that he's broken is the most goals in any of the leagues in, like, in the... Um... Oh, you're talking about Gary Whittingham, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, there you go, 92-93. 42 for Portsmouth. Yeah, because it, it, it keeps getting brought up. Obviously, the only reason I see it is because, because of the team that I support. But um, the actual all-time record for the second tier is held by George Camsell, who played for Borough back in, I believe, the 1920s. Um, and I think he got 62 in a season once. But I think it came either the season before or possibly even in the same season that Dixie Dean got 60 in the top flight. So it was kind of that, it was kind of that thing where, yeah, he scored shitloads of goals, but there was a guy doing it in the division above, so it was like twice as good. Um, so this, this poor old guy who was playing for Borough, who was absolutely smashing goals in left, right and centre, um, was just sort of forgotten about, really. Um, I love these when you get the most goals scored. Most goals in the English First Division, like sort of top tier Premier League, or the Jimmy Greaves, 41. Just, you know, just a casual 41 goals in a season, which is just ridiculous. And this, this is probably when, like, there wasn't 20 teams in the league, was there? There have only been, like, 14 teams in the division or something like that. No, there will a bit. I think that was right. They probably had 24 teams. Oh, right. Oh, fair enough, yeah. But if you think, like, Christmas came, and they complain about the pitches in the wintertime now, I mean, from from like October through to Ma- through to March, it was like an absolute quagmire there. Oh God, so, yeah. Well, that's that's why that's what um, sort of basically contributed to Clough's decline, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he was playing on, a, on an awful pitch, and he and someone like challenged him really badly, and he just he ruptured his knee. Yeah, his knee got stuck then. in the his knee got, got stuck in the pitch as he went into yeah. score. Which he kindly reminds people that he did score the goal at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, classic, classic club. But it was that sort of thing back then, obviously, because the the medical science wasn't what it is today. If you tore your if you tore one of your crucial ligaments, you were basically done because they couldn't do anything about it. Um, well, there we go, lads. There's there's our season long predictions. Um, obviously, we'll do the same again next season, and uh, in in twelve months' time, we'll. We'll get to laugh at ourselves for how pathetically bad we are again. Unless we're, of course, Andrew Cook picking a guy to score 43 goals in a season. Again, I'd like to thank whoever gave me that prediction uh, in the first place. I believe it was you, Paul. Is it is it time to predict some player football or, or do you want to talk the news I don't think there really is any news I mean, as such, to be honest with you. As, as, so, as the end of the season, I can't imagine there's you know massive stuff going on in the news. With, with, with the end of the season opens the transfer window, because um, there's already been a little a little bit of uh, chat. Cause obviously, we've got the the new man, the new um, owner in at Hull, so the checkbook is officially open, um, and there's one of them. Not surprising. One of them I was a little bit shocked by. So, um, to anyone and everyone who will listen to him, um, it's no surprise that he's wanting to bring in a very strong Turkish contingent to the club. Um, 
whether that's actual players from Turkey, players that have played in Turkey, whatever. And apparently... Um, players who have once l- eaten Turkey. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, we've been linked with a holding midfielder by the name of Fernando um, from Turkish side Antalya Spor. Is um, he used to play for Man City? He was... Well, he's, he's a Brazilian guy. Um, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't look into his history as uh, that much, but the bit that surprised me on this one was that he only signed for them in January on an eighteen-month deal, and uh, he's played fourteen games and he scored four goals and three assists. But for somebody who's billed as a holding midfielder, it's <laughs> probably that's, that's not a, the worst record. That's Mitrovich level of uh, goal scoring. <laughs> um, the 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 one that they say that the. That, that was kind of not surprising because it's coming from sort of a Turkish club and all the rest of it. The one that was surprising that I'd seen was that um, due to the demise of Derby, Hull are apparently interested in re-signing Curtis Davis. Um, he was their, their player of the season apparently last season. The season just gone, so I'm not really sure what that tells you when a defender gets it and they still go down, but... Um, Apparently, Bristol are also keen as well with Nigel Pearson, the manager there. So there's kind of hull links everywhere all the way through that. Um, and the last thing I seen to do with Hull was about Matt Ingram. If you remember, we spoke last week that he'd been packed off to Luton because they had a crisis with the goalkeepers and he, he let a lot of goals in, in his first game. Well, they've landed in the playoffs in the end anyway, and uh, he's had to cancel his honeymoon to go and play for a club that he officially never really permanently signed for. So, uh, yeah, bit, bit of an odd one, but I bet his missus is delighted. She's absolutely 100% in that destination as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> see, see you at the end of the week, fella, is that the year? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so hang on a second. So you've got two games in the space of four days. Just, Just... Just fly afterwards. There's no, there's no way they're getting to Wembley. I imagine this is this is Mrs. Ingram speaking, not not Paul Williams speaking. Yeah, Huddersfield have gained an extra supporter. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't. But saying that, there's like, I think there's like a two week gap between the end yeah. of the playoffs and the or the end of the playoff week and then the playoff final. So surely get get yourself some sun, lad. Come back and play the playoff final with a lovely tan. No? <laughs> no, I don't think professional football works that way. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks off, go and get yourself a holiday. No? Warm weather training is the uh, phrase that'll be rolling out. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's predict some playoff football now this was one of those um, sometimes I have to check check and double check and then I have to triple check and then I have to ask somebody who knows more about it than me to check my working out because the the two games to predict look somewhat similar um, Sheffield United going up against Nottingham Forest. <sighs> Stu. Um, I'm really... I'm, I, I have a story throughout this. 
So if we're taking it game by game, then for the Sheffield United home leg, close your ears now, Matt. Um, I have got Sheffield United to win one nil, and I've got Billy Billy Sharp scoring. Clearly. say about this Paul you know you know how um, if you ever need to repeat something in a book you just put you normally just put like a couple of ditto marks and stuff like that Stuart's read my mind as that was the exact uh, the exact prediction that I was going to make for this one as they're on a bit of a roll and the old boy rule is most certainly in effect Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not with you. I'm not with you at all on this one. I'm afraid. Um, two nil to Nottingham Forest. Listen, if it happens, no one in this uh, this virtual room is going to be uh, disappointed by that. So. Uh, Johnson and Zinkenagel. Strange question. Zinkenagel's loan. I'm assuming it's been allowed to include the end of the season. I think it's like, what, till July kind of thing. I think they, 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 put, thing, they put things, I presume they put clauses in, don't they, at the start of the season? Because I presume Jed Spence will be the same. Yeah, I imagine they'll have worked it out. Obviously, they, Watford aren't going to mind because it's another game that he's ready for the championship next season, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's practising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I presume, I presume all players were all kind of. Yeah, I think it happened. A, it happened a couple of seasons where Borough were in the Premier, uh, were in the playoffs. Sorry, um, and I think it's just it's just dependent on the club that they're on loan from. Uh, normally, it's just a case of like something will be agreed in in the weeks before or something like that, just to extend the loan by however many weeks. Like, it'll probably just be that like Forest just have to cover his wages for that extra. Two yeah, I think like even Keenan Davis, his loan runs through the playoffs, even though he's technically injured or possibly fit in time for it. Who knows? Matt, what do you reckon is going to happen in this game? I've gone for a one-all draw. Both matches already this season have been one each. So it's one each at the City Ground, one each at the Brown Lane. Yeah, I've just got one all draw. Um, uh, I've gone for Brewster to score for Sheffield United because Forest were apparently interested in him um, at Christmas. And Surridge to score. So, uh, like I say, I had to double check, and when I was going through uh, the upcoming games, I was like, "What? What?" Uh, and I presumed it was something playoff-based because uh, the the other game to predict is uh, Nottingham Forest versus Sheffield United. Um, <clears throat> Nottingham Forest are going to win two nil. Uh, those goal scorers are. Johnson and Zinkenegel. Rumped into the player files. 
Paul. You know when you need to copy something? <laughs> uh, no, but um, I'm going 2-0, but I'll go for Johnson and... Just from a purely romantic perspective, I'll go for Spence to get the winner. To get the winner. I love it. Stu. Well, this is where Matt can start listening to me again now because um, throughout the the playoff games that have happened in the lower leagues so far, uh, the first game has been the deciding game. I, I think this is where Forest break that trend, and I haven't gone for a two nil. I've actually gone three nil to Forest at the sea ground. Love it. Plus, as well, seeing Forest in the cup this season. They had that bounce about them, and essentially it's a cup game at home. So I, I've gone for Johnson twice and Surridge for the. You said that before. <laughs> okay, Matt. I've gone for a one all draw. <laughs> <laughs> right, keep going. Um. I'm on one all draw um, with Billy Sharp scoring for Sheffield United and Johnson scoring for Forest. Can I ask at this point if Matt gets the scores right in both games but the score is the wrong way around, can we just give him the points anyway? Because that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But probably ultimately to Forest to lose on penalties because that's. Don't do it to yourself, Matt. What are you doing? Where it's going to be. Oh. I just Is it? it's just the worst it's just the worst the best thing the best thing I read this week was Gary Bertels who is a forest striker in the late 70s early 80s and he's like don't think about the forest past playoff disappointment it's a different manager with different players and I'm like hands up um, is that the same manager that went out in the playoffs last season with his other club and the season before that yeah, yeah, because that's that happened. Oh, and are these the same players that had to lose by a horrific amount of goals on the last day of the season to then not be in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that some of those players still play for the club. So yeah, yeah. Just, just don't mind me if I just sit in the corner and gently kind of lower my expectations and rock gently back and forth as I have mild panic attacks every kind of 30 seconds kind of thing on 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 well well on definitely on tuesday night um i mean it might all be done and dusted by saturday to be honest what i would say is that in it from like a sort of a i can't think of the word not a curse perspective. Uh, oh, I can't think of the word. It's going to piss me off. Yeah, you're going to kind of in like some kind of religious kind of thing. Steve Cooper and Forrest have come together to cleanse each other of their playoff. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a horrendous image. No one wants to see <laughs> no, it. No, it, it was going to be if they could have chosen a team to play. Sheffield United would probably be the best team because their playoff look is absolutely horrific. I, I, I think they've I, been to five finals and they've lost every single one of them. 
The, wor the worst thing is, is that 19 years ago, at the Cross Keys in York, I want to say, is it like that's on the corner, isn't it? Near boys is 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 is. Yes, yes. I had the misfortune of Forest. I can't remember if they had a lead coming into the second leg of the playoff in the second leg, or whether at about half time they had said lead, and Billy Sharp popped up and scored two, and I trudged home up past the hospital. Devastated would be nothing short of it. So I'm I'm not I'm not yeah yeah. It's kind of that kind of thing of our play our, our playoff way, woes outweigh your playoff woes, and somebody's woes have got to uh, have got to break at some point. And I just I I, I don't know. It, I, I I've got to sit there and I, I my dad keeps on saying. One, do you want to be in the Premiership? And you're like, no, because it'll be. A... If you think I'm miserable now, I'm going to be miserable from like August through till May next thing. And like you said, you'll be just counting down the days till we've got twelve points. Um, but like, and, and you know, you just think, just it's, you know, yeah. And he's like, you've got to remember where we were in in September. I was like, God. But can you just go through that misery kind of one more time or two more times? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I should be optimistic, but I hate the playoffs. <laughs> we still wouldn't have gone up anyway, even if they just said our oh, third goes up. So, you know, you're kind of like, all right, fine. <laughs> we backed our way into the playoffs. <laughs> Well, there we go. Predictions are in the book, and uh, we will all be uh, waiting to see how the playoffs go. As I'm sure you can agree. Anything else to go through? Any, 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 anything? I mean, so quickly, there was the we. I don't, I don't think we discussed it last week, but there was the prospect of VAR being used in the playoffs, but yes. that's been got rid of. Much too, even though Forest fans were bitching and moaning about it. It's it's very much to Forest's benefit because the amount of dodgy dodgy stuff that goes on in the in in particularly in the penalty area that Warrell gets away with and McKenna gets away with, I think. And that, um, I mean, unless Yates has left the team in the last week, he don't do that in the he don't do that in the penalty box. I didn't mention that. I, I said penalty box. VAR um, is in play for the whole pitch, Matthew. Ah. Um, Seriously, he, he must be shit. He must be shitting himself at the prospect of playing in the Premier League because he'll be getting about eight red cards a season. That's I'm going to put it out there. Don't think it's going to be much of a problem if they get a, if they get promoted. Because I don't <laughs> think he's in the he's in the team of the season. Yeah, yeah. All right then. I can see all those Premier League clubs clamouring for his signing because he was right. there, wasn't he? Right, nailed on. Timestamp it, Andrew. Timestamp that. When Ryan Yates is sold for like fifteen million to who's to Brentford or something like that in the Premier League in the, in the off season. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I, if, if someone wants to come in and pay between fifteen to twenty million pounds for him, 
great. I will have the biggest smile on my face if that happens, because that is a daylight robbery. You'll, you'll have a smile on your face, and I'll be taking a trip to the bookies to place the first bet of... Can I have a... Uh... Can I have the odds on a player to get sent off in his first five professional Premier League matches, please? Well, there you go. A lot of stuff to watch out for for the future there. Uh, obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on playoff football, a close eye, some would say. Uh, that's it for this one. And, uh, well, it's all over by the shouting, if, uh, if you ask me. But what do I know? Join us next week where we review the playoff games for better or worse tense times but until then it's my job to thank these gentlemen for taking me and you lovely people through the sometimes murky waters of the football world and we shall catch you next time tatty byes so there you go what do you think to that playoff football predicted and uh yeah the season-long preview predictions all done and dusted really is getting to that time now. Thank you for listening along. Thank you for listening through the season. And uh, before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. And uh, maybe drop us a review. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. We've got some social media links and an email button. You can get in touch with us if you're so inclined. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.